1: with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hello, everybody. Stay tuned. Again, my mistake. For those that that joined us, I'm just trying to update the stream. Let me bring you to me. And you should see audio and you should hear me now. (laughs) My doing, definitely, I have a lot of stuff that was going on in the background, so i did not have my settings set all the way right that is all my doing nobody else but me i apologize for that application of my error and so for those that are listening over on the stream the new stream is updated and it should be live again i apologize for that my mistake it happens it's one of those things where i didn't anticipate the errors. So welcome to the show. You should be able to hear me now. If we lost some people because of it going on and off, I apologize. Uh, I got it back as soon as I could. Ultimately, it was, should say, user error. And when at the end of the day, when it's me doing it, only me, and there you go, things like that happen. So welcome to Electrician Live again, so that you can hear me now. Uh, my name is Paul Abernathy. We come to you every week where we talk to you about all things electrically related here on Electrician Live. Uh, what you didn't hear from my previous boo boo in the broadcast um, was one setting that I had off and I had it turned off because I was doing some videos during the day and I forgot that I left that setting off. Um, Electrician Live is a, is a podcast that comes every week and it's broadcast on electricianlive.com, where it is right now based on the podcast. But you can also watch the live feed if you want to go over to youtube.com forward slash master the nec a lot of things we've got coming up in the future is we're going to be having uh some uh uh, special guests that come on and those special guests will will have a specialty in things like leadership training uh, finance uh, building your business type of approach uh, the mental approach mental aspect uh, but we'll also have, hopefully, the folks from iTools on here. I'm hoping to have them on here. Um, and we'll also have a special guest that will that does nothing but bidding and estimating. That's, that's all they do. And they're going to be on there for that as well. So um, we're going to have them as a special guest as well uh, to the show uh, in the future as well. We have a whole new setup that's coming and that's going to give us uh, a lot more reach for the show and hopefully we'll have a nice little checklist so that we can't forget to turn on a button. Again, I keep making those mistakes. Again, I apologize for that, but welcome to the, to the show. And so tonight's show is a topic that, that kind of takes it back at me as an electrical contractor uh, back many, many years uh, in a sense of uh, my company started really growing and I started, and, and I've done this with other people as well. The company starts really growing and you, you get a hold of a good contractor and you have that contractor and you, th- and you start getting a lot of business and then you think, well, that's it. I've got this business and it's growing and that's all I need. In uh, reality is it's, it's not all that you need in, in the sense of a business. We're going to look at some concepts where I talk about not putting all your eggs in the same basket, okay? Now, what that means is that basically you're in, you know what, and and one thing I notice, and you all probably notice it, is that I literally, again, look like I'm wearing lipstick. For those that are over in the stream, you know, you can... uh, you can you can look at me and see what it looks like. But it's uh well I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to lighten that up a bit. Sorry about that. Okay, so <laughs> I'm so easily distracted. So those that are listening over on Electrician Live, obviously you can listen to the podcast. It's a podcast by itself. Uh, or you can come watch us in the video stream, which is over on our YouTube channel. But you can also watch it from electricianlive.com as well. And So today's, again, episode is about putting all your eggs in a single basket and how that can uh, uh, cause an issue with the growth of your company. And so I'll tell you a story, uh, but every contractor should think about these things as far as once you start getting work, you start... You know, you're really going after the marketing and hopefully you listened to, watch our video or our, our, our electrician live series on the uh, guerrilla marketing, really low cost marketing ideas. And you come up with ideas, you start to grow your business and you latch on to a contractor, a general contractor that's throwing you a lot of business. Okay, and they're, they're throwing you this business and you're starting to grow your business. And then what happens is, Times get lean, people start asking for bidding. It used to be, and I remember back, I had a contractor general uh, that I did work for and I did all of their work. And what would happen is when something would go wrong in one of their customers, I would be there to service it, whether it was day or night. It didn't really matter at any given time. And what happened was is you get to a point where they need to worry about the bottom line and so it used to be you'd go do work for somebody and you would do the work and then you wouldn't really even submit a bid you just do the work and then they would trust you and you you'd give the price and they know that you're very very trustworthy in your price well there becomes a time and for me it was in 2007 for other people it becomes a time where they say you know what i need to start getting bids from other people and they're getting bids from other contractors electrical contractors And now they're scrutinizing this bid where before you were doing all their work. And so that kind of happened in my business and it happened to a couple examples that I'll give you today on some electrical contractors that this happened to. And I learned early on that if that contractor stopped picking me, was that the contractor that was hanging my hat on? Was I hiring employees based on the work that I was getting from that general contractor? Uh, Did I diversify out into other aspects of my work? And that was, uh, that was the issue that we had to, to concern ourselves with. Had I put all my eggs in one basket, and so when that general contractor decided he did not want to, to give me all the business, what happened at that point is all of a sudden my business would tank. So I learned early on not to put all my eggs in the one basket. So, and, and that happened to me when it hit me like a brick back in 2007, 2008 as a contractor, I was like, I'm doing all the work for this one contractor. What happens if that contractor decided, and you know, they want more bids. They, they want, they're not going to let you get all the work. Then what happens? Well, that's what happened to me. And I had to adjust. And so many people put all their eggs in one basket. They start to grow, they latch on, especially an electrical contractor that's starting out, they'll latch on to a general contractor and they'll start to get all their work. That general contractor starts to get booming. And then all of a sudden you're just swamped and you hire people and you're doing all their work. And the next thing you know, again, times hit or something happens or something happens to that contractor. And now your income stops or it slows really down. So I talked to people about that and, in in and, and Dating back, probably, we'll, we'll talk about the first, and I'll give you some examples, but I'll talk about the first contractor that I worked with. And this was back probably in 20, I'd say 20, maybe 2012 or 2013. It was a young electrical contractor who was really starting to grow the company. It was really, really growing. It's back in Virginia. And they started, they were doing one, con- they were doing this general contractor, nothing but their work. And they, that general contractor was booming. So they were doing multifamilies. They were doing, I mean, he was hiring. Uh, they were doing big apartment complexes, all this type of stuff. And, and he was really dedicated 100% to that work. And he came to me and he said, Paul, I'm doing so great. I'm doing wonderful. And I'm like, that is awesome. I mean, that's the goal, right? That's what we're trying to achieve. And I told him, I said, well, let me ask you a question. What happens if that general contractor gets sour with you or goes out of business or, you know, starts pulling other bids. And he said, no, no, no. We, we do all his work. We do all of his work. We're the only one that will ever do his work. I said, I'm just asking you, what if? And he got to thinking about it. And so he said, well, what are you talking about, Paul? And that's when I said to him, I said, well, you need to diversify into or not put all your eggs in one basket. He said, explain. I said, do you do service work? He says, "I don't have a lot of time for service work because we're doing this guy's all this guy's work." I said, "Okay, but you need to think about expanding your opportunity." And so, in his case, I said, "What do you like to do?" He said, "Well, service work, and I love service work. Service work. If some people don't like it for the pricing aspect of it, but I love service work, and you know, the quick, the the um, the ability to get in and do it and get out." Scenario, I like. Okay, I like that aspect of it. Uh, very quick turnover. Get in, get in, get out, and done. And and pay me. Um, I said. You know, he says I have. I like uh, that kind of work. I said. Okay. You like service work. All right. What else? I said. Well. I, he said. I don't know. I'm. What do you? Th-? I said. Well. Do you do generators? He said. No. I don't really do generators. I'm like. What well, you should think about doing generators contact whether it's Kohler or Generac or somebody, see if they have a dealer in the area. If not, if the if the area is large enough, and of course this area was large, I said, you might be able to get a dealership. And then it's a matter of how many generators you buy and, and that type of thing. He said, yeah, are they difficult? No, he'd done some generators. They're not difficult at all. Uh, residential generators are, are, you know, there's uh, they're, they're still at an affordable, I guess, value for those. And so he contacted a generator uh, provider. In fact, it was Generac. And he was able to obtain a dealership. Now, slowly over time, he was trying to build that up. And and so he was fitting a truck out, single truck, out as a service truck so that he could have a guy that's dedicated to that. But he could also help him during his normal work that they're doing for this general contractor. But he could still have the aspect where he could have this this, uh, guy do some work. So he did that, and then he started his generator dealership with them. And the next thing you know, he had a couple, you know, Generac installs. Next thing you know, a couple more, a couple more. Did a couple of those, um, those garden shows. And next thing you know, he's booming. And it came at the perfect time because guess what happened? The general contractor started cutting it back and saying, well, I need to start getting bids or you got to drop your price and, he started holding him hostage to their relationship. And so what happened in that scenario is he looked at it and he said, well, I'm making as much doing service now, and I'm as making as much doing the generators that I'm now divestified, divestified, diversified. What did I say? Divestified? Diversified <laughs> into these different areas, right? And he said, so if one slows down, the other picks me up. And so I said, okay, well, there you go. There's your two, but don't stop there. That's just, you know, that's branching you out. You can still look for other contractors, general contractors, and and work it out. But don't put everything in this one company that was booming. And a good thing he did, because now that company started having problems. And it would have affected his bottom line. So his company, which is a steady upward growth, And then all of a sudden, that company started having issues. And those issues slowed down their work, their buildings, started having financial problems, and that would have affected him. But he decided to, again, not put all his eggs in one basket and rely on just one contractor that was doing a lot of work. It was keeping him busy, but he needed to think about the bigger picture. So that's what he did. So right now, currently, he does more work in generators And the work that he does for the service part of his business also brought in new general contractors who knew that they could service something if something was wrong with one of the houses they built in the subdivision, he would be there. So he helped build these relationships. Okay, so he uh, divested himself into other things instead of being so locked into that one contractor. So when we do that, so that was that general, that was that contractor, and now he's doing amazingly well. He's hired guys. He has a service division, generator division, still does his work. To this day, he does no work, I believe, for that original general contractor. But because of these other relationships, he has other general contractors now that he does work for. So again, you can have a relationship with somebody, and it's nice if you can have that relationship with a general contractor, a builder. But just remember in the back of your mind that that relationship is a working relationship and at some point that could go away and you want to be basically diverse in what you do. Okay, so some of the areas that we talk about diversity in the areas, obviously service work. Um, There is so much money in service work. These houses are aging. Okay, now you're a commercial guy, that's fine. There's a lot of strip malls and things like that that, but even the guy that does commercial needs to think about putting a service truck on the road. Now, pricing scares a lot of people, whether you're doing flat rate pricing or per the hour, time, and material, that scares people. We're going to have a guy on here in a couple weeks, hopefully, that can talk about all that. But at the end of the day, there's flat rate pricing models that are out there that you can utilize as well. But again, service work. Now, you might say, yeah, I do service work. But do you target service work? In other words, do you make that a priority of your company? If you're an electrical contractor and you're doing new construction, do you have diversified into having a truck or somebody set up that can do that so they can have them on your job, but when you get that service call, you got a guy you can send. okay? That's diversifying your company. Now, that guy may be you, (laughs) but, you know, but again, you need to branch out. The next thing would be if you're doing new construction only, And whether it's residential or commercial, again, you want to make sure that you're actually balanced out into something else, okay? Whether you're doing new stuff and you have generators or new stuff and you do maybe have a division that does low voltage, or maybe you do generators. Again, keeping everything today in one idea concept of just doing new construction, as an owner, I want to have the ability to, to have something else coming in or something else that I can market. I listened to a show today. It was quite interesting that deals with, it talks about marketing versus branding. Which is more important, marketing or branding? Now the podcast I listened to, and I listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, he, he basically said that you don't worry about branding until your marketing is complete and you're actually bringing in income. Now I agree with that because branding is what it, what it is. You need a following before branding becomes a big issue. Look at Nike. Look at uh, all those big names, okay? But you have to market, 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 whether it's guerrilla marketing, low-cost marketing options, getting out in your neighborhood, um, being seen in the vehicle, passing out business cards, all those things that we talk about that are low-cost, door hangers, hiring somebody just to go hang door hangers, a family member or something. There's things you could do. You got to market, but... I do believe that you have to create a concept of a brand before you market. And that is your logo or what you're going to look at because what you don't want to do is start a, a marketing campaign and then turn around and the in the logo or the the message looks like crap. You you don't want that. Okay? So come up with your concept, but again, marketing is a, is a key. And when I say that in the in the context of today's episode or what we're doing tonight is that the ability that if you're doing new construction, that you have something else that you should that you can market. And that would be whether you're a service division, whether or not it's uh, generators, okay? And I'm gonna talk about a couple more specialized things, but something else. Now, the interesting thing is that your company could be three guys, two guys, guy in a guy, whatever it is, or a hundred. The perception to the public is that they don't know the number of people you have. So if you portray this as a, a, a service division of your company and you market that way while you're still busy doing your new construction or commercial or whatever you're doing, you shouldn't get so focused on that. Okay. You have to work your business so focused on your day to day that you forget that there's a diversification that has to take place in your business so that you can start pushing something else as well. You're still doing your day-to-day, but you need to have the marketing concepts going, saying, okay, I'm gonna go to work every day and I'm wiring residential, commercial, but I want to market my service business or my generator business or something like that, okay? That's the concept that we're thinking about because you don't want to, again, be so focused. And I think that's what happens. We get busy. If you're one and two and three person shop, a four person, and you start getting business from this general contractor, you're so focused on that work, you forget that, you know, that work is gonna end. And what is the next thing I have on the plate? So when you diversify out, you can have service and you can be marketing or promoting or branding that service division while you're doing what's paying the bills right now, okay? And so that's kind of what I talked about to him is is I have a lot of people that just say, well, we're a residential contractor. We do new construction, remodel, or whatever. I'm like, okay, do you do service? Oh, yeah, yeah, we do service. But do you market your service? And a lot of companies do this very well, and some do this very poorly, right, how they market it and how they promote it. You promote it almost as a separate division, even though it might be just a couple of you doing it. It doesn't matter. It's all perception to the end user. Now, you obviously got to be able to do the work. You with me? So, I mean, if you're going to market, you go promote it. But at the end of the day, it's being diversified out into other things in, in promoting those things. Not just saying I'm an electrical contractor and I do all these things. We know you are talented. You can do them. But do you identify them and promote them. That's the difference, okay? Because people aren't just going to gravitate to you. They might know you do new construction, but do they know you do service? Do they know you do generators? Do you specialize in generators? Have you reached out to a generator manufacturer to see if you can get a dealership or what's entailed to do that? Okay, so let's talk about some some things that you can go out into. Uh, One of the things would be low voltage. Now, you're an electrician. You think, well, I already do that. Low voltage being you know, 600 volts, or actually it's anything 2,000 volts or less, believe it or not, is low voltage. But when I say low voltage, I'm talking data communication, I'm talking things like that, audio. Uh, Do you branch out into that so that when you're doing the electrical, can you also do the audio system? Maybe you contact somebody like Legrand, and they have a unique A-Bus systems that can be installed the same time you're roughing something in with a surround sound system or audio. Do you offer these things? And are they something that you can you can actually market and brand separately as a division of what you do so that you can brand that or market it, and they're very closely related branding and marketing out so that the people think, whoa, this is a total separate thing. And you start cultivating that thing. And that is how you branch out. Now maybe it be generators or whatever it may be, but we're talking low voltage, and low voltage, when I say low, low voltage, which means anything that might be uh, Cat 5, Cat 6, uh, anything that might be uh, communication, uh, if you if you don't know that, and you're not familiar with that, well, you're an electrician, dude. Just take a class. Learn it. It's not that complicated to, to find something that you can deal in it, okay? Um, I see a comment that says that low voltage is 50. no. Low voltage is actually anything 2,000 volts or less. That's considered low voltage. Now, we don't call anything under 50 or, or whatever. We, we, we kind of refer to that as low, low voltage. But to be honest with you, low voltage is, uh, and think about it, you only have low, medium, and high. Well, we know what medium voltage is, right? We know what high voltage is. Medium voltage typically is, is 2,001 to 35,000, and over 35,000 is high, so we only have low, so what do you think a 600-volt system would be? It's low. It's low voltage. Now, when we're dealing with the stuff, we don't call it low, low voltage or anything that's 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 lower than basically, you know, the 50 amps, 60 amps, you know, I mean, 60 volts, things that are lower. Well, that's just, it's still low voltage, right? But you can specialize in these this different things and, and add that as a part of what you do. But the here's the thing. As a contractor, I did a lot of things. I would, I didn't have no problem installing generators. I installed quite a few generators. Um, I did low voltage, which is our normal wiring. I did low, low voltage, which is our you know zero to ten and, and the, you know, those type of thing, low voltage, again, like we'd say here's something maybe 50 volts or less. I did those type of things, control work and all that. So But I did them in the scope of my business. So I was marketing my electrical contracting business, but I wasn't diversifying it out into trying to create these marketable positions. Um, The, you know, Abernathy Electrical Services also has a a, uh, low, low voltage or control. Most of the time, we'll call that signaling and control. We'll call that part of my business. And then I had the generator install portion of my business so that I could focus on that Because all these things have multiple leads that mean something to somebody else. There is a lot of people that see electrical contractors and they know they can do generators, maybe or maybe not. But if I market myself as Abernathy Electrical Services, and I also talk about in in my marketing, I do a generator division or I have something else, then it gives me something else to branch it out of and diversify, okay? Um, again, if you want to put all your eggs in one electrical contractor basket, and originally Concept started with the uh, electrical contractor who was doing just new construction, and that was it. And he had no other avenues, even though he knew how to do, elect- uh, do generators. He knew how to do uh, other types of, of things, the low, low voltage stuff, and he knew how to do all this stuff. But he didn't identify it, and he was so focused on just being an electrical contractor doing new construction, okay? So he didn't realize, and so when that went to pot, luckily for him, he had branched out when we had a conversation. I said, you need to do you know, more than just putting all your eggs in that one basket, especially for that one general contractor. And he was getting so much business from that person that he was like, oh, this is, I'm like, do you think it's going to go on forever? No, it's not. It's not going to go on forever. At some point, it's going to, to, to drop off, right? So he, he branched out. Uh, so again, the next one that I talk about is, and there's so many others with the low, low voltage or audio communications, things like that, uh, automation. If you don't understand how to do them and you're an electrician, you can take classes very quickly, okay? A lot of the manufacturers for these systems if you reach out to them like Legrand or other ones that have these systems, then you might find out that they have training that they'll offer for their system. And you can install it. Um, maybe you want to branch out and do alarm systems. You know, pass the certain tests that rec- allow you to do the alarm systems. And maybe you want to add that as something that, that you diverse. Introducing Wondersuite from bluehost.com, the tool that makes
2: WordPress wonderful for everyone.
1: Out into that can complement what you do. That's the point of that. Um, the next thing that I thought was pretty interesting is I had. All right, so I'll, I'll go to this one. So my next contractor example, as a, a a young contractor, he'd only been in business a couple years, and he contacted. We talked. He called me and we talked about it. And he says, you know, I'm scared that that uh, I'm getting quite a bit of business from this this uh, a, a core group of couple of contractors. And uh, one did a lot of work, one didn't do so much work, but they're still getting uh, you know, some building. Every now and then they're getting some work. And he said, I'd really like to, to add something else to my business. And I'm like, okay, are you going to market your business as just an electrical contractor? Or do you want to try to keep that business going with those two or so, but feed something else that could feed in? He said, that's what I want. He says, I want to keep doing their work but I want to in the background promote something else and and try to bring in another Avenue. And I said, okay, so he did. And what he did was was quite unique is that he targeted real estate agents and he's targeted the real estate agents for his service, which again, we talked about it and I gave him some advice on it and I had been kind of doing it for years, but it was really, wasn't something that it was just easy for me to do. And he really put up a campaign And he made a visit and he targeted all of the real estate agents for what's called a fresh up. Now, the fresh up that he did was he will go into a house that is dated. And what he would do is he would go in with a package and he would say, I will replace all the receptacles. I will replace them to whether it's uh, Decora or whatever it was. He said, I will replace all the luminaires because they're dated. And you'd be amazed how that makes a house look. I mean, walls are walls, right? But you, 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 you update the fixtures and different things like that. And, 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 and he's also, what he did was, he added things like smart technology. So he went in and says, tell you what, to make your home stand out, I will add things like Alexa switches or um, Google Voice switches and, and, and all this kind of stuff in order to make it stand out. And then he even branched out to install things like the ring lights and in the ring doorbells and, and all this comes up. So he diversified that and he targeted that audience. It was amazing. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, he goes, he goes, I'm having, I have I'm making more doing that than I am the contracting work. And I'm like, it's awesome. So what does that tell you? What's the next thing you need to do? And he said, branch out to something else. And I'm like, absolutely, man. And so what he did was pretty unique is that he started talk, targeting all of the home inspectors. Now, before you go bashing home inspectors, remember, they're just calling out what's required by their state. They're not electrical experts, but somebody's got to do that work. And it's a, really, a home inspection is a negotiation between a buyer and a seller. They're not required to do anything. The, the seller, the buyer's going to get a home inspector. They're going to look at it and tell you what they think needs fixing. The seller's going to either fix it or not going to fix it. However, somebody has to fix it. So he branched out to that and started contacting them and really made it an effort to, to get to know them. Now, anytime there's something that's wrong in a house for sale, they call him. And some people really get bent out of shape when they go out and they say, well, I got to fix this thing. This home inspector said I got to fix. And I used to look at him and I go, really? Fix it. It's money. It's in your pocket. You know, now, granted, they call something else that really doesn't need to be fixing. Then that's where you have to step up and say to the, the people involved and say, okay, yeah, I understand their their position. Uh but that doesn't need to be, I mean, from my professional perspective, because this is what I do for a living and that's okay. Right. But everything's different, but most of the stuff, it's easy to fix. Okay. So anyway, that's how he diversified out and he's doing great. And he's like, and, I, and then he came to me and he said, after that, he's, I said, I said, you're not done. He said, what do you mean? I said, you're not done. He said, I'm so busy with with this, and and, and this is awesome, and this makes good, and I can get, you know, he would go into a house and and do what we call a a flip-up or a fresh-up in these houses to sell, and he would make four and five grand just on a flip-up for realtors. And the owners, and he had a beautiful package, and how he did it, and presented it, and he worked with the supply houses. So he offered them, you know, worked with them. Said, "Here's the luminaires that we can do," and it, it, it was amazing. And I said, "You're not done yet." He said, "Why?" I said, "Because you need to now add a service division." He said, "Yeah, but I do service work. I get calls every now and then for that." I'm like, "See, you're going back again. You're going. You got to diversify. You're doing so well. You're you got it going on." It doesn't matter whether you're the one doing it or somebody in it, but you need to now market yourself as having a service division. And they're like, yeah, but it's still just me. I said, you're forgetting all that we talked about. You did this and it was successful. You did this and it's becoming successful. Do you want to grow your business? It's a yes or no question. If you don't want to grow your business and you're complacent, somebody else is going to grow it or you're happy with it the way it is. Then that's a, you won. You succeeded, but I'm a big believer in always branching out. So I said, take one of those trucks if you have it, or at least take somebody you can designate in your company, whether it's you if you're small, and now market service and and be specific about it. Service, not say we do new construction. Service, and treat it as a separate division. It doesn't matter whether you have 150 people, thousand people, or just three people perception to the community, perception to how people perceive you. Again, I for years used to have websites with my electrical contractor. You would have thought that I had 1,000 damn people working for me because of the emails and the way it went and the way we corresponded and the way it is and the way my system was and the phone system and the way it worked. When at the max time, I had maybe not more than 15 people. Total, even in the office, everything. So at the end of the day, it looked like we were, the perception was we were bigger than we are. Now, some people say, well, that's backfire because people say you're so big, that means your prices are gonna be high. I don't worry about that, okay? That's gonna take care of itself once they see the price. depending on the market you're in, um, my brother says all the time, he can't get near the prices in Virginia that we can get in Texas, for example. Um, I won't even go out to a, a house, for example, uh, in Texas without it. And it's just me now. Again, I've gotten smaller with, you know, I'm getting older and I've got other things in the fire. I will not go to a house for less than 85 an hour. Now, if I had overhead and burdens and other different things, that would be higher. If I had employees and I'm sending, that would be higher. I get it. But I'm saying for me, I don't even go out for that. It's not worth my time to do that. Okay. So again, you have to design your, and we'll have a a, a guest that'll come on that'll kind of talk about all those things and how you do your pricing and all that. And we'll have episodes that'll talk about that. Again, once my new system comes, we'll have dual cameras. Everything will be different. I will make sure that the audio is on next time. (laughs) Okay. Apologize for that. Okay. So anyway, so that's what he did. And so his next step is to go into the service part. He always did service work but he never focused on service work, okay? So again, focusing on these pieces or basically taking your electrical contracting business and dissecting out the parts that can diversify. And so the next one is specialized in some of the people uh, will go into things like purely home automation, And now since everything, and I talked about it a little earlier uh, and kind of mixed it in there with the real estate fresh up, but that's how he approached it. And it was the lighting and everything, switches, receptacles, everything. And then he would give a whole home check and it's kind of, he created his seal of approval so that when the seller was selling it, it was something that they would provide to the buyer. When the buyer's looking to get a home inspector, they can say, but we've already had the electrical looked at by an electrical contractor and he's put his seal and he came up with his own unique little seal and everything like that, that he did as a service for his customer and he marketed it and the real estate agents loved it because that meant that they were fixing things up front and they got less surprises by a home inspection, or at least if the home inspector found something, it would look and say, well, this was probably already addressed by the electrician. It's brilliant. Brilliant concept of how to do that. And again, it's beneficial to him. You could create it any way you want. He just branched out into that and saw opportunity. Okay, so the next thing uh, that we're, they're looking at is, again, getting into something like where you do Alexa stuff, where you do Google Voice stuff, where you do uh, the Ring doorbell or the Nest and all those type of things uh, as a segment that you market smart homes, smart technology. Okay. So easy to put those devices in these days. My house itself, uh, I have that on everything. I have the pods. I have the, and people don't want to set this stuff up. And so I had been doing for quite a while lately. I've been doing, had been doing a lot of these devices and switches, three-way ones, single poles. Um, It's just a, and they all connect to the person's phone. You help them set it up. It just goes so easy. And at the end of the day, it can be marketed as a separate thing, but you have to market it. And the reason I tell you this is because electrical contractors go through life as electrical contractor. And electrical contractors are typically always looking for new construction or remodels. But they don't always say, now there's some that do, don't get me wrong, some of the bigger ones, Mr. Sparky and all those others, they understand it and they get it. But I'm a believer that a contractor, even if you're one and two, three guys shop, you can give the impression that you have different divisions of whether or not you do generators. Uh, and you might have do it anyway as a contractor, but now it's kind of different. It's part of the generator division. And then you might have something else. Um, one of the changes that are coming is SPDs, surge protective devices, uh, expanding in the 2020 National Electrical Code. And it's expanding to require them all on single fa- one and two family dwellings, to require them at the service. So, you know, I am about ready to tell the gentleman who's got all these ideas, and he's doing really, really well, I'm going to make him another suggestion. I'm going to say, you need to market surge protective devices. Anytime you do a new construction, they're going to be required. But you know what? There's a market for promoting them to existing installations and, con- and, and explaining to the consumer there's a reason it's required in new construction for, one, uh, for single, one and two family dwellings. You don't have it. If you're in a high prone area for lightning strikes or surges and things like that, you have very sensitive electrical equipment in your house. Can, you're not selling smoke oil, uh, uh, snake oil, whatever here. It is being required by the NEC. So why not be proactive on it? And again, you can go around and, and, and market that and you're helping people. Okay, we I have surge protected devices on my computer systems I have a, a surge protected device in my panel um, I understand the concept of getting over that threshold and the amount of energy it takes to take things out that are extremely important and so again I believe in it and I'm in an area that's uh, typically prone to a lot of serious storms and also large spikes depending on where I am on the electrical grid so, It doesn't really matter because in the 2020 code, it's going to be required for one and two family dwellings, unless, of course, your state has an issue with it and removes it. Of course, they can amend anything. All right. So again, that's kind of things. Now, when we talk about doing all these things, you've heard me talk about, uh, we've talked about the diversity in branching out in your work and all those type of things. Um, Also, it's important to really realize also what's called profit and margin, and of course, not really the topic of the day, because we're talking about not keeping all our eggs in one basket. And hopefully you came in and you you understand what we're talking about there. But profit margin, again, I typically try to have a profit margin of anywhere between 20 and 30%. Everybody's different depending on your overhead. My profit margin is trying to get at least 20 to 30. I like to be on the 30 side. If it's higher than that, that's wonderful. Uh, again, my product markup is anywhere between 20% or higher, depending on where I get it and what I can get for the product. Um, that's just me. I don't have the same overhead as somebody else might have. So I have worked my margins out. I've worked my profit out. And some people are very happy with your very large contractor getting 10, 15, 20%. And some people are not happy until they're getting 40, 50, and 60%. Um, if you can command that in your market, that's great. You might not be able to command that in your market, but it's much easier to do this if you do diversify and you create yourself. So let me see if I was going to do my business, how I would do this. So I'm an electrical contractor and I'm doing new construction. Okay. And I know how to do generators. I would look and see if there's a generator dealership, very easy to install. Now, maybe you don't know how to do the gas part or the hookup or the, uh, any of that type of stuff. That's fine because you probably know a plumber or a mechanical guy that wouldn't be have any problem at all throwing them a bone to make that connection for you. Not at all. Okay. You can work those relationships. Maybe you already have a license to do all that stuff, gas and, and plumbing and all that. Maybe you do. Right. So again, relationships are really important because while you're doing well, you throw somebody a bone. And that's when I talk about, when I talk about the marketing, guerrilla marketing in relationships uh, I have relationships with mechanical guys, plumbers, okay, other electricians who send me work knowing that they're really big and they can't do the small stuff, and today that's all I care about, okay. Today, you know, this gray is natural. So they're feeding this relationships in a sense that if I'm going to get something and I can throw a bone to one of those relationships, I throw a bone to one of those relationships. And as you build those relationships, they're going to throw them back to you. Okay, you don't have to do it all. You just have to know the right people, and you can get help with doing anything. You can reach one up, reach, find a contractor that's local, that's maybe an HVAC guy, and go to them and have a conversation with them, ask them for a cup of coffee, and, and let's go to Starbucks when we can finally get out and go to these things. And say, I, you know, I'd like to re- – you know, the problem I have with people is they're not blunt enough. I would look at somebody, and say, and I say this to, to the company I work for all the time – ask for what you want up front. Get rid of the small talk. Say, look, I want to form a relationship with you. I want to be able to refer people to you. And I would hope once I prove to you worthy that you'll refer people to me, but I want to build this relationship. All they can do is say, yeah, no, I've got an electrician I use. And they might, or they might've never been approached and they have no electrician because they're like, dude, I'm a plumber. I'm a gas guy. I don't, You know, but you're trying to form a relationship. Uh, And that also feeds into that diversification because they might know somebody that needs uh, some uh, cable TV stuff done inside or some uh, audio visual stuff or or whatnot like that. So, again, it allows you to cross mix it over. uh, And so, again, kind of kind of wrapping this back around here because we're getting too close to the end is diversifying yourself and your company. Don't be so locked into one project that one general contractor, I've been there and they're giving you and feeding you tons of work, right? And you're getting that work and you're, 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 you're thinking that, boy, this could go on forever. I did that. I, I can tell you a little story back in Harrisonburg, Virginia. At this point, it would have altered the change of of where I am today as a contractor Because what I did was I formed a relationship with a builder. And this builder wasn't a small builder. He was doing a subdivision that had probably close to 4,000 homes in it. And these were all nice, big homes. That would have been enough to keep me and my small company busy for quite a while. And I was perfectly happy with doing just residential we did commercial, too, and some industrial and some motor work for the poultry facilities that are around Harrisonburg. But I can tell you right now, I'd have been very happy pulling in the money from these custom homes in this subdivision that was a. It was called Preston Lake, and it was very unique. And so, I, and so part of that, he was building his own home, and his home was a 12,000-square-foot home, okay? And he um, said, you know what? I, started, I did a couple homes for him. He said, you know what? I'm building my home. Would you wire it for me? And I was like, really? No, no, I'm not going to wire it. Of course I wired it. And I got to form a really good relationship with him. And I started down that road of thinking, whoa, this could keep me busy for the next couple of years. And then it would allow me to do like we said, think about other things but I got so focused on all these homes and they were big homes and they were all going to make me a lot of money. I mean, I did his home alone and I can't remember, but this is, again, this is back in the, oh man, um, this is back in the early two, you know, in the early 2000s or something, yeah. And on that one house alone, my profit was close to $60,000. He had everything in this house. I mean, it was just... It had a pool, a pool house, a big separate garage. I mean, he was loaded. It, you know, it appeared that he was. And I just, you know, he, they changed everything every other day. And I'm a big believer in, you know, my brother thinks different than me. You know, you know, he's a wonderful guy, but he's like, I can't charge him for this if they change it. I'm just going to do it, not me, not me. If you're, if I put all those recess lights in, and you come in, and, and the and the and the wife goes. Mm, Can you move them? I'm like, I can move anything you want me to move. And I would always um, uh, uh, keep track of it. Right in writing. Back then it was all writing, but I kept track of it. Change order. No problem. You just, yep. I always had the sheets. I had them made from the the copy place. Uh, They were two, two carbon, you know, the white and the yellow, and they were change orders and I'd have them there in my metal flip open binder and I'd say absolutely and I'd write them down this is what you want right yes because they just thinking well yeah that's what I want and I go okay can you sign the bottom for me it's just a change order so I can do this she's like sure boom there you go and so I had a change order now and now in my change orders it was basically the agreements of the time and material for the change okay so in this is how I did it and so again prices added up. And when he would question it, I'd go, your wife signed it. You know, he'd go, okay, okay. So anyway, the whole concept here was, I better please this guy, because he's got a crap load of homes that he's building. And it's his subdivision. He owned it. It was huge. Had its own lake and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna keep this guy happy. So I wired his house. Our guys, we spent, most of my guys spent a lot of their time there. I was running around the country with Eaton, teaching the ECCN program for them and, and help develop that. But I'd come back and we'd work on it and I was in there working and they always seemed to work better when I was there. I don't know why, but anyway, um, we finished that job and then of course he had a big swimming pool and we finished the swimming pool area. And then, and then of course, then he had the big garage and he kept adding on, adding on, adding on. So long story short on that end of it, I thought I was in gravy. Okay. And again, that eggs in the basket type of scenario. I thought that, you know, I was putting the other stuff on the back burner, what I'm telling you today to do, diversify. I'm like, no, I got this guy. I'm doing all his work. Guess what happened? The economy crashes and he doesn't have the money to pay the loan for all of the property. And so anyway, the whole thing comes crashing down. He's got homes that are in the middle of being constructed, everything. And we're doing, we're trying to do these, these homes for him. And then all of a sudden I get this call that he's not gonna be able to pay the bills and that he can't pay me any more than what he owes. And the property is gonna be sold on the steps of the courthouse. And he's losing everything. Now, his family owns other subdivisions throughout the country, so he was well-established. But this was his baby. This was his, you know, he wasn't a young guy. I mean, he was probably in his, his late 50s, early 60s. This was his end. This was his swan song. And he, it would have kept him busy, them busy, for years. And it had a retail area, commercial area. It's just it was a big project, and, and we were the leading player in the electrical. Then all of a sudden, that crashed and happened. And all of a sudden, those dreams of having all that work, being able to expand for that work, was literally gone almost in an instant. Just like that. And I had not finished my plan to diversify. So when I talk to other people about it, I'm talking to them from experience. When I say, it's okay if you're small, but look big. Okay? Look big. You can market yourself as an electrical contractor, and that's like drinking from a big bowl. Or, I mean, you go to these fancy restaurants. What do they do? They give you these big plates with these little portions. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, or they give you these little plates with these little portions. Anyway, the perception is you're like, "Mm, okay, I don't know if that's going to fill me up. But you know what? They're high class, and that's expected. So, in my scenario here is I want to give the impression that my company has separate divisions that can handle every need that you have, whether it's the generator application and you seek out to see if a generator dealership, even if there's not one, that nothing stops you from, from purchasing the generators from you know, wholesale and installing them and, and, and everything. You don't have to be a dealer with somebody, but again, check it out. See if you can. Kohler has them. There's other different ones. Or, you know, don't be in bed with either one because you can get them anywhere. Okay, um, so I mean, to be honest with you. I remember seeing Generac's being sold at the Costco with the transfer switch. It was a pretty good price too. Okay, there's other avenues to be able to buy these. There's other pay- places that sell the generators, so you can do the generator stuff. All right, um, why not market yourself like like my friend did with his real estate fresh up or offering opportunities, reaching out. Getting out there, doing business cards are cheap. Flyers are cheap. But you don't want to go to them promoting yourself as an electrical contractor by itself when they probably don't care about that. They want to know what the services you're providing. And this is a unique service. So again, how you ever do it, I'm more than happy to to, to, to consult with anybody on that, give you my ideas, and uh, help you out any way I can. Uh, feel free to email me at any time at info at master the or info at electrical code I'm more than happy. If you don't want to do that, just go to the website, either one of those websites and up the top, right, you'll see a contact us, click on it, and you can send us an email through the system and we'll be able to answer any questions, give you any advice. I'm more than happy to try to help you. Uh, my job is to help you succeed. And that's what I live for, to teach the code, help you succeed as a contractor. Um, Think about feeding your family with the concept of not putting all your eggs in one basket. That's the concept, right? Okay. Now, that's the end of our show when it comes to that. If you're on the video stream, I'll come back to you on the video stream. For those that are listening over on the podcast, we're going to sign off and just Thank you all for listening and join us next week. I promise I will get the audio right. Till next time, folks, stay safe and God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abern.